title of my sermon, <coughs> you'll see it up on the board in just a little bit. You're welcome. <coughs> Luke 17, beginning in verse 11. When God gave me these scriptures here, I felt like, wow, you know, this is, <laughs> most churches probably speak on this uh, 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 portion of scripture when it comes to Thanksgiving, but it's very vital. How many have ever enjoyed a song, but after it built on you, you had to hear it and hear it again? Uh, anybody here like music? Don't you like to be uh, listening to the radio and all of a sudden, oh, here's that song again. Well, this sermon I've preached before. Uh, I've preached this sermon before. But hey, some of the songs we've got to hear, they grow on you. They get to you. Uh, most of you never heard it. Okay, but some of you, maybe you even remember the title. You're welcome. Because sometimes as a father, one of my jobs is to teach you and even my, my physical children to be grateful. So, and, and, and if you've ever hung around with me long enough, you know that I'll always, by and large, I'll drive you up. There's one thing that I always, I always say, if you don't say please, I'll say it for you. Uh, right? If you hang around me long enough, you know, can I have this shirt, please? Oh, oh please. Like if there's three, three, three of us involved and I hear somebody ask somebody else for something and they say, could I have, you know, Lenny, could I have a, 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 you know, some tips on how to date? Maybe someone's talking to him and, and, then, I, and, then, I, and then afterwards I'll say, Stephen, say please, please. Oh, please, Lenny. Things like that, you know. And I'm also a stickler on when somebody gives you something and they, do, and they don't, you know, hear, and nobody says, I will say, you're welcome. Whenever I give them, nobody says, you're welcome. They, they're, you know, oh, oh, thank you. That's where I got my title. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled among the border between Samaria and Galilee. There was going up into a village, ten men who had what? Met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They couldn't get near him. They couldn't get near nobody. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were, and as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw him, he was healed, came back, praising God, praising God, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where were the other nine? That's one of the saddest lines in the entire Bible, I believe. Where are the nine? Was no one found in return? And to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? An outsider. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Father, I pray that we would be a grateful people. Display it, Lord God, not just from the inside, but from the outside. Love with thanks on it. We bless you and praise you in Christ's name. And everybody together said, Amen. Amen. Greet one another one more time. I love the Lord prior to being seated. <clears throat> Here in this portion of scripture, this leper is not really given a name. Okay? He is anonymous. Not given a name. Other than the fact that the Bible says he was a Samaritan. All right? <clears throat> other than that, there's nothing mentioned that would distinguish him from the other nine lepers. 
Okay, he's, he's anonymous. The only thing is, he's a Samaritan. He's a foreigner. He's an outsider. He wasn't a Jew. The other ones were. He's part of a group of ten men who share a common deadly disease called leprosy. Okay, and it had to do with the blood too. It showed on the outside uh, with all kinds of spots. <clears throat> now, from the outside observance, there is really nothing that we can see or spot to distinguish this, this, this leper from the other nine. But I want to give you four things before we get off into the brunt of the message. Four things that show us that these ten men were alike. Okay, I want, to, I want to give to you four things that these all ten of these had in common. First, before I give you some distinguishing factors. But number one, that put these men together, that showed that they were a group, that they were alike, is that they were all lepers. So if you're taking notes, ten, four things that these men had in common. The first thing is that they were all lepers. Each was suffering from a very, very dreadful and deadful disease called leprosy. All of them are outcasts of society. Matter of fact, scripture tells us and history tells us that whenever a leper came around, he had to yell, unclean, unclean, I'm in the hole. <laughs> really? Really, one of them shots. Because it had to get away from the, oh my God. <clears throat> you know, I can't get near him. He's got AIDS. Society goes through the same thing right now. Oh, AIDS. The cooties. Uh, they, had, they had to yell it out. Uh, that's the kind of life they had to live. They were now forced to, with having to be, you know, a, a, a Without their family, without their friends. In other words, they couldn't, they couldn't celebrate Thanksgiving with their families. They couldn't do it because they had to be outcasts. They had to be among themselves. Okay, there was no Thanksgiving for them. Number two, the second thing that shows us that they were alike and together is in they had a like desperation to live. First of all, they had leprosy. They were all in need. They were all lepers. Secondly, they all had a, a desperate desire to live. That's what brought them together. They wanted to live. I don't want to use drugs anymore. I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to, man, <clears throat> I want to live. I need a change in my life. Now, though all ten are destined to die, okay, prematurely, we can see, my friend, that they refuse to give up. These ten will not give in to death. They won't meet death halfway. You come, but I ain't going to you. They had a will, desire to change, to go on, do it to the very last breath. They loved life, thank God. They wouldn't roll over and die. They refused. And sometimes we got to do that. Uh uh, uh uh. See, they must have read, or they must have known about the four lepers in 2 Kings 7. Let me read it to you 2 Kings 7, verses 3 and 4. They probably knew their history. A little bit. In 2 Kings 7, verse, verses 3 and 4 says, Now there were four men with leprosy at the end of the city gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there, and we will die. If we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Armenians and surrender. If they spare us, we will live. If they kill us, then we die. So they must have studied scripture. They must have known. They must have felt, you know what, if, if God moved on the behalf of those four, do the math. 
can have more power. Let's not just roll over and die. Let's do like the people before. That's why testimonies are so important. Hey, if Chuck is going to be involved in starting a church in Indonesia, then Lenny and Lisa can go to Iraq. I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. The Iraq attack. I'm just, I'm just, just being me. Hallelujah. Uh, he ain't going nowhere. Hallelujah. But maybe you are. Uh, I just said that because, you know, hallelujah. Lenny could take it. He's been taking it for almost every sermon anyways, praise the Lord. <laughs> he sits at the front. <laughs> uh, but really, that's good testimonies. Do that. They, they heard the testimonies of these other four, and it brought life to them. It brought courage to them. It brought hope to them. That's what's so good about testimonies. So likewise, even in the face of death, these ten lepers were just like their counterparts in 2 Kings chapter 7. They displayed a great amount of faith. They were alike in faith and in determination to live. Thirdly, not only were they alike in faith and in determination to live, but they all had a belief in Jesus. They all believed in Jesus. That's what brought them together. They believed Jesus could bring healing to their bodies. See, when they hear that Jesus is, is on their way, he's on his way, they all, all of them, they all go out to meet him. See, there had been rumors going on and around that this man Jesus could even for outcasts and even for lepers that he could bring healing to their lives. So they'd heard about this. They said, wow, we've got to go over there. Uh, if it happened to them, it could happen to me. <clears throat> so in spite of some disbelief, some skepticism and doubts in their, in their parts, they go together as a body, as a group, hoping to see this teacher, this master, that has at least brought some amount of hope and belief into their miserable lives. Man, maybe I don't have to be a drug addict all my life. Maybe I don't have to be an alcoholic all my life. Maybe I don't have to be down and destitute all my life. Man, maybe what these Christians are saying is, is true. Listen, someday we're going to be going into some hairy, heavy uh, Islamic countries. They don't have this. They have their teachings, their beliefs. They pray five times a day and all that. But we're going to bring in hope. Uh, man, maybe, maybe, maybe I can change. You don't think the power of God is going to move in places like that? Yes, and you don't think he's going to move here? Yes, he will too. Ah. Uh, because they had hope, all of them, uh, that had come into their miserable lives. See, their belief in Jesus is justified when they come together in united prayer and they ask Jesus, Master, have pity on us together, all of us, all ten. Uh, it was a corporate prayer. Not just me, oh, he'll meet you, forget about those other dudes. No, 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 they were together in, in, in prayer. They said, heal us. We're in this to win this together. Ah. They together were men of prayer and purpose together. Then their belief in Jesus is sealed when they obey Christ's command to them together. Ah. This is the supreme proof of faith, which is a word called obedience. They obey. They go and show themselves to the priest. They don't start asking questions. Well, you know, are you sure? I, I don't know. You know, my, 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 my friend tried this and it didn't work for him. Uh, no, no, no. They went together in obedience. See, the healing of these ten lepers comes in a rather, you know, unconditional method and, and fashion. Okay, it, it, it's rather odd the way these things happen. See, most people that Jesus would heal, he simply laid hands on them. That's what he would do. Just laid hands on them and, and, and they got their healing. 
But these men are told to go show yourself to the priests. This is a little bit odd and off the wall. Yet these individuals display their faith by obeying even this uncommon command. And I'll tell you why it's uncommon. Because whenever somebody got a healing, they were supposed to go show themselves to the priest after their healing. After. Well, heal me now and I'll go to the priest. Say, I know the, I know the Koran. I know the Torah. I know, hey, 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 no, 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 let's not go, guys. This is odd what he's saying. It's weird what he's saying. Listen, Jesus, after you heal us, according to Scripture, according to Scripture, then we go short, so heal me first. Come on. Pray for me. Lay hands. Come on. No, he tells them, go show yourself to the priest first, ahead of time. That was a little bit odd. What's it supposed to be like that? Unorthodox. Jesus is a left fielder. Uh, a few times he spit, he spit, here's mud in your eye. And one guy, you want to see? Uh, you never know how God's going to do it. The key is obedience to God. But see, these lepers and their belief together is so strong that they cannot see Jesus as merely mocking them. That's what's so good. Listen to what I just said there. That was saying, they, they know, they know what this is a master. This is, this is, this is, this is, a, this is, this is a great individual. He's not going to mock us and, and tell us to go do something that's not true and right. They believe Jesus together. Uh, just like, remember Peter, when God, Christ told him, throw your net on the other side. He said, but Jesus, we've been toiling all night long. We ain't caught a tuna, nuna tuna. We ain't caught nothing near a grunion. We've been toiling all night. We even washed our nets. We're just ready to go. And you want us to get our clean nets during the day and throw them out again? Man, no. But you know what? At, nevertheless, at your word. Because you're a rabbi like these guys. That's faith. Because, of, because we respect you. And you, we're going to do it. In obedience to the call of God. They trusted Jesus together. Then fourthly, lastly. These ten lepers are alike. And that all ten find healing. That's what brought them together. All ten of them received their healing. They get up, they get on. And as, the, as they're going, as they show themselves to the priest in order to be obedient to Christ, then comes their healing. Then they're healed. Once they go do what Jesus had asked them to do. See, obedience always has its reward. Always. Let me just tell you something that I've learned and I often teach our leaders. You don't reward disobedience. You don't reward disobedience. I'm just going to stop there real quick because it's not on my notes, but I want to tell you. Uh, when, when people are not disobedient, we're not supposed to reward them. You mean they're going to still play in the worship team? No, they're not. But they didn't. No, 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 no. They were disobedient. We can't do that. You don't reward disobedience. Be stupid. And I'm not that stupid. We don't reward But you reward obedience. That's what you reward. You're being obedient. Hey, hey, all right, you got to come in. I want to get married. Well, how long have you been obedient? Huh? Really, you reward obedience, not disobedience. Uh, now, like I said, obedience almost has a reward. See, all ten, they feel a new life running through their veins. Their blood is no longer contaminated. But it's as good as the next person's, if not better. They got baby skin now. They got new blood. Their blood is no longer contaminated. They've been healed. Hallelujah. They've been cleansed. Uh, 
So all ten, they join in the celebration of their healing. And they, they celebrate together with each other. What a time of joy that they must have had. Sort of like right now. We've come together to worship God, to thank God. Uh, we've come to praise his name. Thank you. Listen, today's a day to count your blessings. Today's a, not just a time to count your blessings, to show your blessings, display your, your, your gratitude. That's why we come here today. I know that this is a sacrifice. We had church last night. Church again and again. <clears throat> ah, but Chubby Checkers used to twist again. Ah, we can do it for the Lord. Ah, but this is, this is a time to, be, to, to, you know, to utter gratitude to God and, and to show up. Ah, love with feet on it. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord, and look at our feet. We're in church. So we see that all ten are alike in their need, in their will to live, in their faith, and then in their healing. But here's where the likeness ends. Okay. Where the nine and the one split up. Once their healing has taken place, their likeness and their common, you know, uh, 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 bondings begins to drift apart. Do you hear what I said? That's where, that's where it ends, right here. Once their healing has set in, they each keep on their own little journey other than Samaritan. See, one thinks of his farm that, that he has not seen or, or hasn't been a part of. Uh, so he dismisses himself and he hurries on to his farm. I, I got to go back to my, my farm, man. I got to go home. Man, I've been here, man. Thank God, but, but I got to go. He hurries home. Another one has not felt the kiss of his wife, the hug of his children for so long. We don't know how long they've been. Maybe months, maybe years that they've had this condition. So he says his final goodbyes and he hurries home as well. Another one is, is anxious to see his, how his business is doing. Uh, and he heads back to his business. To his business. And I, I want to know how things are going. <clears throat> I mean, you know, maybe, the, maybe, maybe the, the, you know, my, my body was all messed up, but my brain wasn't. <clears throat> I knew how to have a good business. But because of this disease, <clears throat> I couldn't be around him. I want to go back and I want to see what's happening. Uh, so they hurry home. Uh, and probably the same thing can be said of the other six. But one man is left. He's left standing on the road. He's happy, but he's all alone. The Samaritan man. He is well, no doubt, has a family. Uh, or a business, or a farm, or a home to go back to. Uh, but first things first. He knows what he's got to do. He's grateful. He says, no, 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 no. I, I, I know I got, a, I, I, I got a turkey to eat. I know that. But I, first things first, I got I to gotta come thank God first. But it's not going to taste that good. But thank God at least you got it. <clears throat> at least I got a turkey. <clears throat> oh man, hallelujah. Listen, those of you that have been born again, especially recently, don't ever lose your gratefulness, your gratitude. <clears throat> Later on you start putting God off. Of, well, you know, you know it's, now it's been 15 years, 16 years, 14 months, 16 months. No, 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 always keep God first. Yes. I mean, you know, your family is before your ministry. <clears throat> but God is before your family. It's got to be like that. But in being like that, believe me, God will take up for your family. Uh, you'll have a whole lot better family. At least you'll have a family. Hallelujah. Uh, so to this individual, this Samaritan, though all of these other individuals, okay, they leave. There's something much more pressing for them and much more important to them, not, not to him. 
Okay? He's, he's grateful for a second chance at life. And it's, it's really, to tell you the truth, it's not easy for me. I came up here and man, I'd love to be with my family down south. But the proximity is too hard. I can't beat me up, Steve. Oh, Steve's here. You know, give him a plate of turkey. No, 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 but hey, but I know who changed me. And I've said it before. My family didn't have me before anyways. They did not have this guy. I mean, I, I didn't really care about my family. I'm not going to lie. I could have, you know, I just cared about my own bones. They were very fortunate every now and then. They, hey, Steve's here. You know, that was, that was the amount, the extent of the gratitude. Hey, Steve's here. The oldest kid, you know, hey, you know. So now, at least they get me every now and then. Uh, plus, I got, I got an immediate family here to think of as well. And you guys. Praise the Lord. Oh, by the way, you're all welcome to come to my house uh, around 4 or 5, whatever. Well, there's a tradition. I open up my doors around 4 or 5. Well, I need, you know, after you have your, your dinner, then you can come and have dessert at my, at my house. You've got to bring your own dessert. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, yes, I like strawberry cheesecake, but I already have some. Somebody, I think two people gave me strawberry cheesecake already. So banana cream second, hallelujah. <clears throat> Let's go on. Let's go on. Uh, isn't Marie Callender's, uh, isn't it the best strawberry, I mean, uh, banana cream? Uh, <clears throat> let's go, let's go. We're, we're getting close to closing here, huh? Let's get back to the Samaritan. This Samaritan individual, he turns back towards Christ, even if he has to go alone. Even if he has to go alone. Sometimes we have to do it alone uh, in our families. We have to be the only ones. Uh, right, Richard? Richard's family don't understand. A lot. God, man, you, you like the church more. You mean you're going to go to the Philippines and leave us over here? Even if we got to do it alone. Let me tell you something. My family loved me, but they couldn't change my life. They tried. But they couldn't do it. I owe my allegiance to the master. And my dad was grateful for that. He understood that. My mother understands that somewhat. But I know who changed my life. Suddenly, this man begins to set himself apart, even from a group that had already proven themselves as tops when it came to affliction. Listen to what I said. This man already begins to set himself apart from a group of individuals that were already tops when it came to taking affliction in life. These were bad dudes. These ten men could take affliction. They showed, they proved, hey, listen, you know, we, we refuse to die. We're going to go on, irregardless. These were some hardcore motor scooter individuals. But even this guy sets himself apart from the other nine top-notch motor scooter kind of guys. So in this nameless disciple, this anonymous individual, he moves out in an outstanding exhibition of gratitude. And he sets himself apart from the rest. And he falls at the feet of Jesus. See, ten went to pray, but only one returned to praise. Ten went to pray, but only one returns to praise. There's a difference between prayer and praising. The nine are not singled out because of what they said. But rather, it's because of what they failed to say. The other nine are not singled out because of what they said. It's because of what they didn't say. Uh, 
They said nothing. They held their peace. They remained silent. And Jesus says in the Bible, if my people will not praise me, the rocks will praise me. Jesus wants to be praised. He wants to be glorified. He wants to be magnified. Uh, so again, the other nine are, you know, the epitome of what I would say, the silence of the lambs. They didn't say a thing. But on the other hand, the once Samaritan leper, okay, he's recognized and remembered simply and solely because he knew how and when to say thank you. That's it. This individual knew the importance of saying thank you. There's more to those two words than you might even imagine. Thank you. That's, again, that's one of the reasons why I try and teach my children and uh, say give thanks. Don't, don't be an ingrate. There's nothing worse probably than an ingrated, ingrate that's a Christian. Uh, and he's a Christian. You're gonna, like they said last night, you're going to go to heaven. But man, come on. Without an attitude of gratitude. Uh, I wonder where you're going to live up there. Uh, maybe not that close. Uh, where's, where's, where's his mansion? Way over there. Uh, thank you. See, while the other nine needed to have their family and their, and their friends uh, repeat often to them the words, you're welcome. Not so with this leper. Out of gratitude, out of the heart, right away he would say thank you. Thank you. And really, again, as a spiritual father, that's one of the things that's so important to me. That we need to be able to utter gratitude to Christ. See, church, true and real gratitude is born, you know, out of, out of circumstance. It's, it's usually, it's not out of circumstances. It's innate. It's got to be inside of you. True gratitude. It's got to come from the heart. Important. So why then were these nine ungrateful individuals, but the other one was? Why were nine ungrateful and why was one grateful? Let me give you just a few quick reasons that we're going to close. Reason number one. Okay, reason number one, why this one guy was grateful and the other ones weren't. And reason number one is probably the most unharshest and the nicest reason why. And it's maybe because these nine were just not so demonstrative. Okay, maybe they weren't so, you know, uh, uh, so, in other words, maybe they just would take things and, and, and just the way it was, ah, let it go. They, they, hey, I, you know, I don't got to say I uh, thank you. Uh, God knows. Sort of like the guy that got married. And his wife, how come you never say you love me? He said, I, you know, I, I said it to you when we got married. And, then, and if I need to do it again some other time, I might do it. But you should know I love you. Ah. In other words, these guys weren't, maybe they felt, hey, God understands. Ah. But that's not true. Doesn't understand this, my friend. Gratitude not expressed is more than a candidate to die. Uh, when you don't express your gratitude, you got to be able to say it. Uh, that's why Psalms 107.2 says, let the redeemer of the Lord. God knows. No, say it. Say it. Don't be afraid. God's not nervous. He likes to hear it. Right, ladies? Don't you like to hear your husbands, uh, you know, or your boyfriend say, you're so beautiful. I love you so much. God loves to hear it too. Lord, you know I love you. 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Ah, don't be afraid of her. God, I love you. Uh, I should dismiss right now. We should all go outside and just tell everybody, start telling God how much we love and let everybody hear us. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Got a little bit of wisdom. Hallelujah. Uh, gratitude grows when it's expressed. But when it's suppressed, it's left to die. Listen to this. The Samaritan understood that. He was a smart guy. When, whenever you express gratitude, it grows. It grows, it grows. But when you suppress it, it dies. You smother it. That's the reason why we sing. We don't sing just to sing. We're here because we, we're singing because we're glorifying God. Man, they sing real loud. No, we, we should sing louder. According to this, we should sing louder. Ah, we should make a joyful noise to the Lord. Because that's gratitude expressed. We don't just sing for, you know, just, just to do it. Uh, there's some churches and denominations, they don't, they don't believe too much in music. Oh, no, no, no. Their instruments are too loud. Turn this mic up. I'm just kidding. Uh, I always hear the musicians doing that. You know, uh, I always wanted to do it. <laughs> number two. Number two. Maybe the nine were unable to express their gratitude because perhaps... Uh, perhaps they were so taken by, by the gift that they forgot the giver. That's probably why they, maybe why they didn't express their gratitude. They were so taken by the gift they forgot the giver. That's what often happens. Uh, when I was a kid, <laughs> I was tell stories when I was a kid. There was a guy, man that used to come over to my mom and dad's house, and he always gave us like a nickel or a, and back in those days a nickel was a candy bar. Nickels ain't nothing nowadays. Uh, my, kid, my daughters have a man from this church, they call him Quarter Joe. Uh, but now that inflation's gone up, they, 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 they want to call him Dollar Joe, you know? Uh, quarter Joe, oh, there's Quarter Joe. Uh, well, this guy used to be Nickel Bob, you know? I forgot his name, I'm just making that up. But he would give me a nickel, sometimes a dime. A dime, two candy bars. Whoo, Almond Joy. They didn't call it Almond Joy for nothing. Uh, Hollywoods, and you don't, remember, you don't remember those candy bars, big times. Uh, oh my God, they were the best. Uh, but I would always, I would just grab the thing and, and, and I'd eat, wow, you know. But I would always forget, to, you know, that's why I got this, saying thank you. I was more into the candy bar than the giver. Thinking more about my candy. But this Samaritan was made, listen to this, of finer stock, of refiner blood. He could never consider his blessings without thinking of God. He could never consider his resources without considering the source. Don't just consider the resource. What a beautiful building without considering the source. That's the way the Samaritan was. We can learn a lot from the Samaritan. Uh, to the grateful, thinking immediately follows thinking. Uh, when he would think of his blessings, he'd think about God. Listen to what I said. To the grateful, if you're grateful, thanking immediately follows thinking. Uh, when you think about God, you'll begin to thank God for what he's done. That's why that church of God in Christ kind of music. Oh, what I think about. What he's done for me. When I, hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with emotion. Uh, no. You don't got to do the locomotion in the ocean. You can do it. Hallelujah. In the church. Hallelujah. When I think about Ah, hey, I, I got some, I got a little bit of rhythm. I might not have a lot like other people, but I, I could, you know. 
Yeah, God, you've been good. You've been good. You've been good. Now, I got a lot of coordination, but we're not playing baseball. We're playing, we're having church, hallelujah. And hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a little bit of expression. Uh, thank you, Lord. I OD'd on heroin nine times. I got something to be grateful about. I got one of the best churches this side of the Pecos. That side. I got a great, beautiful, immediate family. Don't you think I got the three best-looking children? I, in the, don't, don't, you don't have to say yes. You don't have to say yes. I think I got three of the best-looking kids. Oh, my God. Uh, God been very, very good to me. Uh, oh, when I think about what he's done for me. And listen, uh, on, on Wednesday, yesterday I mentioned the fact that they picked me, but really as your representative just yesterday, they're going to have this big old thing. They're expecting about 85 to 95,000 people at Candlestick Park, April the 5th. And they, really because of this church, they've asked me to be one of the seven or eight chairman committee members with, uh, with a, uh, from the whole Bay Area. Uh, from the whole Bay Area. But that's not about me. It's all about the congregation. It's us here. It's the church. It's your exploits. It's your gratefulness. Because out of gratefulness, you'll work. You'll do stuff for God. Number three. We're getting real, 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 real close to closing. Maybe these nine ungrateful individuals, maybe they didn't follow through with their thank yous because maybe they just couldn't forget what they had just been through, their suffering, their hard times as lepers, and they blamed God. Well, we're healed now, but you know what, God, you caused it. You should have healed me. Huh? I didn't deserve all that madness that I went through. Maybe they just couldn't forgive and forget. The sun rises, the sun sets. Oh, how easy one forgets. They forgot like that in a day. Quick. Uh, maybe, maybe they thought they had it coming. Listen, guys. Society has always said, especially on, on drugs, what's an addict, what's an addict. God doesn't say that. If there's anybody that should be grateful, it's this church. For what God did for us. Larry, why don't you very quickly come. Just share. This is not in my notes. When you were driving down the street. And maybe if there's a family that has better looking kids than mine. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, about 16 years ago. I took a side street on the way to pick up some drugs. My family was in chaos. I was ready for a second divorce. And a gentleman said, come on in. Listen to my pastor, see what he has to say. Maybe he can help you. And that was 16 years ago. And I was delivered off alcohol and drugs. Like Esteban was saying, some of you, maybe this is you. And God was showing me, yes, that was you. But old things pass away and all things become new. I've given you hope. I've given you your family. I've given you a minister as a future son-in-law. I'm a blessed man. Thank you. But again, to the credit, to the greatness, and the gratitude expressed by the Samaritan, 
he didn't harbor ill feelings. He went through the same thing the other nine went through. But he didn't harbor ill feelings. He was able to display his maturity. Because really, only mature people can, can really have a, have a grateful heart. Uh, see, this goodly and godly Samaritan could forgive and forget. God is so important. Really, to, to, to forget. Sometimes... I would go back to my city and people would look at me. And I, I, mean, I, have a, I, I can forget real easy and I can forgive real easy too. Uh, but I, I, hey, I went through that, but I'm not there no more. I'm a new person in Christ. I forget about my past. I'm looking to my future. This individual, the Samaritan, he'd been through the very same difficult experiences that the other nine had been to, but he guarded his heart against bitterness. This is so key. Uh, to him, when he thought of the bad old days, and only made his, those, these new days feel a whole lot better when he looked, looked to the future. Then fourth and with last. These nine individuals may have not been so grateful because they figured they had it coming. They deserved to be healed. It was just a matter of time and all these things would blow over. They were bound to receive their healings. See, these nine healed lepers were all Jews except for this one Samaritan. So they could have figured themselves to have, have, you know, to have been getting what they had already felt that they deserved. They could have even, you know, given the credit to, to, their, to their willpower uh, or to themselves uh, for, for what they had received healing. And sometimes like that, well, you know, well, I, it was my willpower that changed me. I almost entitled this sermon because of the statement I'm about to say right now to Elton John with love because he has a song I'm still standing do, 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 do. listen Elton every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess someday uh, but he, he, he gives the credit I'm still standing I did it to him for myself willpower no my goodness come on uh, no to God be the glory. While these nine were busy spraining their arms and by patting themselves on the back, not so this one grateful Samaritan. He knows better because he knows who was the one who touched his body. I have a saying. I'm getting close to close. I'm going to land the plane now. I have a saying. To know God is to know better. He knew better than who had touched him. He couldn't heal himself. Ah, the one who had touched his body, oh, this is, the, this is the key statement to this whole sermon. The one who had touched his body had also touched his soul. He knew that he was more than just a body. Just a physical thing. This Samaritan had soul. His soul was open to the master's touch as much as his body. These other nine just let Jesus touch their body, but he let Jesus Touch his soul. Glory touched my soul. That song, oh glory touched my, not just my body. He came in and he touched my soul. Thus, my friend, the story ends with Jesus. His heart being hurt and broken. When he says, were there not ten healed? Where are the nine? What a sad statement. But thank God for the thankful one. The wise and grateful outcast, the Samaritan. Uh, 
who let Jesus not only touch his body, but let glory flood his soul, touch his soul. Today, as I conclude this sermon, I want to represent God as your spiritual father. And I want to tell you two words. You're welcome. On every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head is bowed. I don't need no music. It's okay. <laughs>